to this final words thing, it sounds like the person is about to die and <laughs> not to not allow it in your first day. So yeah, that's why I change it to any last word. Hello and welcome everyone to the latest episode of Falconer Podcast. I'm Joshua and with me I have Leonard. So what's up Leonard? Good bro, how are you doing man? Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, We don't love the international break but I think the fixtures or the results yesterday were actually quite interesting. Yeah, um, for the first time I've seen that a nation can actually bully a nation. So it's actually mad and crazy. Oh, you're talking about the Germans, yeah? As well as Croatia yeah. destroying their opponents as well. So, yeah, we'll yeah get very, to, we'll very get... interesting games. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to the results later. But firstly, we want to look at the Premier League mainly in terms of we've seen five managerial changes already and we're just 11 matches into the new campaign. Of course, with, and we all know Barcelona, the... Much hated Ronald Koeman has gone and Javi, the new Messiah is there. But first, in the Premier League, we've seen uh, managers lose their jobs. Nuno is gone from Tottenham, Dean's from Aston Villa, Steve Bruce from Newcastle, and a couple others. So I'm I'm wondering which one surprised you the most? Who did you expect to keep his job that is no longer there? Um, honestly, uh, I think it was the Dean Smith. Um, I think no one expected it because, like, looking at what he achieved, he brought them from the championship into the Premier League. And yeah, as well, table actually. Like, I mean, I was I was shocked. Like you, they were 15th when he took fifteenth uh, in the championship. Exactly. That's that was like, surprising. Like, who do Sevilla think they are? What did they expect to achieve? And you know what? Like, what going back to this thing that I just said now. What, what the owners even said is like, we expect to be challenging for European sports. That's when they hired their new manager, Steven Gerrard. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, read, I read the press conference, um, their statement, I mean, when they said that um, we should be challenging for the, for the, at the other side of the um, table and we should be challenging for the European sports. So it's actually ambitious. And looking at it, they might even have plans like Newcastle to become one of the super teams in the Premier League. Um, I'm not sure about Super. Now, the, the, the good thing about Sevilla is, you know, as Sevilla, a, a proper Premier League team, they'll be around mid-table. But I think the the best they can achieve is ninth place because I can tell you eight teams off the top of my head right now that have better squads. We know the top four that were in our mind before the season started. We have City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, West Ham. The two North London sides, that's already seven clubs, then Leicester eight. So for me, the best they can finish is eight or ninth. Anything anything above that is not realistic as far as I'm concerned. At least this season is not realistic. Honestly, I, I don't know, I don't know what is realistic in the Premier League anymore because when you actually look at it for the past two seasons, you've had clubs like West Ham challenging for European sports. You had um, Leicester City, who has been in the mix as well. So, like, it's not, it's not like I cannot say I can't sit here and say it would be a stretch for Aston Villa to have that kind of ambition as well, because you are looking at um, the other big teams and yeah, some of all these big teams they are there for the taking. So, like, if they actually um, know what they are doing, they can actually make um, make European sports. If I'm being honest, because when you look at the race for the European sports this season, I can say from fourth or even from third down to eight is open it can be anybody's position at the end of the day okay yeah fair enough but okay so there's a school of thought that says leicester have reached their peak there's no going better if they couldn't get top for these last two seasons they can't get it this season and it's already coming to fruition because they are languishing in mid-table right now so if we agree that now let's say let me just ask do you agree with that you think leicester leicester's Train to make the top four is gone, and they are not getting the top four anytime soon. Um, I think I think I don't agree with that. Um, way really, of thinking. see them, see yeah. them getting top four ahead of ahead of who exactly? You have the North London clubs, you have West Ham, you have the top four of last season. Exactly, we are we are talking about Arsenal being in the race for top four. 
a few weeks ago we were here bantering us now and they were closer to relegation. So okay, so, let's not so let's not act like think things Leicester in the Premier League. You still think Leicester can make the top four? They can. I I I, I can't I can't confidently say top four, but one thing I'm sure of, they can actually make the top six confident um easily because when you look at it, they have a very very good and healthy squad, and their squad is actually big and deep. So if they actually know what they are doing, if Brendan Rodgers stop bottling positions and stop bottling um matches, I think they can actually make it. Um, I think. In defense, they've had some key injuries and maybe the squad is not as good as we thought. I think definitely their midfield and attack is much better because they brought in Lukman and Patsin Daka this season. They brought in Sumare in midfield, but in defense, they're still lightweight and we saw injuries to Evans and Fofana. And obviously, Fofana is more long-term. Evans is back now, but they're still struggling. So maybe their squad is not as deep as it should be all around. And I think that can hamper them. But where I was trying to get to is, I think Leicester is where Aston Villa should actually be trying to. Because I think if Aston Villa can try to get top seven this season, I think that would be a big achievement. Top seven just gives you confidence league, but at least it's better than nothing as far as they and their fans are concerned. But Steven Gerrard now, the new coach, um, Coming from a successful spell at Rangers, what what is success for him? Because I mean, for me, top four is out of it at least this season for Aston Villa. So if we both agree he's not making top four, he's can he make top six? Can what's success for them? Is tenth going to be enough? Like finishing tenth on the table. Well, honestly, um, the thing is, like I said, the Premier League is open this season, very, very open. So Aston Villa, they're like, let me say, Aston Villa, they're like seven points away from sixth place. Sixth place. And Manchester United currently sits on sixth you place. You don't, think, you don't think that's too simplistic a view? Are you saying that no, they can't... No, no what, I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, this is just 11 games into the season. So it's very, this is a very, very small sample size. We still have 27 more games to go and the season is still quite early. So we don't know. Like, to me, one thing I know for sure is when it, each year when I watch the Premier League is when it comes to the end of December and early January, that's when the Premier League table shapes up to what is going to be towards the end of March. Like, when it's January and end of December, that's where we, we've, uh, we know who is actually contenders and who are the stone code favorite to actually relegate. We've seen this every okay. year in the Premier League. So one one thing I would say is my view can change when it comes to when when we hit January um, early early next year. So what 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 I would just say is for now what Steven Gerrard should be focusing on is to actually make sure that there is a good chemistry in that team because when you look at Aston Villa squad, it's very very good. They have a very good squad. No one can dispute that. But the thing is, he needs to make sure that he molds the team. They need to go back to basics. Because last season, I remember Aston Villa, one thing they really, really worked on was making sure they were solid at the back. They were not conceding a lot of goals. That's why most people, even in their FPL, had um, Martinez and some of the Aston Villa defenders because they actually get you clean sheet points. So now looking at this, Gerard should be able to make sure. And I think um, Terry was a huge difference because you can actually see they struggle with set pieces and defensively they are, they are not quite right since they lost um, John Terry. So I, what, what I just want is they should go back to basic, build from the, make sure that they build the team from the back because when you look at their attacking powers, they are very, very good. So basically, they should make sure that they are very solid and from then they can now work, work on improving other aspects of their game. Um, okay, yeah, I agree. But I think they want, like, the people in charge of Sevilla, they want attacking play because, like, they want a good brand of football because we have, we see all the good attacking players, Buendia and the likes that they brought in, Danings. And so I think they want to be like, I think they were self being like a Leeds of last season where Leeds finished around ninth or so, but Leeds were very entertaining. I think for a start, I think that's where they want, that's where they see themselves. They want to be entertainers. They want, and we know Gerard had a good brand of football in the Scottish League. With all due respect, it's just the Scottish League, but maybe he can 
translate that to the Premier League, we'll see we'll see. And if he does that and finishes around ninth again like Leeds, then I think um everyone will be happy, really. Because you you don't expect them to make top four, top six, but I think that that would be too too steep a hill to climb. But they can make top ten definitely. Um another manager that lost his job, Steve Bruce, no surprises there, but Eddie Howe. I remember we talked about it a few weeks ago that why are they not considering Eddie Howe? And they actually hired him. So um a pat on the back for us because we predicted it before anyone else, any other podcast. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Um now this is where the applause should be coming in. Maybe we we'll get that we we'll get that. Maybe we should have applause for when I make my wonderful predictions and everything. Of course, of course. I know you want to hype yourself after just making a few little predictions. You're you're already hyped. SMH for you, bro. <laughs> I don't know why you keep hating on me, but it's fine, it's fine. But um the downside that I didn't really think of before was Eddie Howe is a good coach, no doubt, but the need of Newcastle might not be exactly what he can he can help them with is because his Bournemouth side were very good going forward, but they leaked goals a lot. Most a lot of seasons, I think about two or three seasons they were in the Premier League, they considered over seventy goals in three different seasons, I think. And Newcastle are leaking goals. So in that aspect, Eddie Howe cannot help them, can he? It's good that you made the point because when you're fighting a relegation battle, because that let's call it as it is, Newcastle they are in a relegation fight right now. So when you're fighting in that dog fight, you need to be making sure that you're solid at the back. You need to stop conceding goals so that where you can get victories like one nil and be able to see off, um, see the see of the victory and get the points over the line. So the truth is, he needs to. I think. He has have yeah I think he has had um two years out I, I think so definitely maybe he has one year last okay, year, like one year. Last okay. year okay one year okay so they definitely yeah he could have had more experience he could have tried to improve it in his coaching aspect and I think he should he should be able to know that what what was um what was the like the Aki's heel to his previous team was their defense so I think maybe he could have worked on think, it so you think you think it's possible that he makes this team free flowing. We have we already have people like Miguel Almiron, Saint Maxima, who I think is a fabulous player who just needs to work on his end product a bit more. And we have Wilson, who he already coached at Bournemouth, as well as Fraser, as well, also former Bournemouth, Matuichi, former Bournemouth. So these are attacking players. What if he makes them a who score more goals than you kind of team? If they are a team that wins four three, that wins three two instead of one nil, is it not possible? It's possible, but like it depends because like the way you're pointing at those players, some of them like let's be real, they're not as good as people make them out to be. And the thing is, it depends like, on the which kind which of. Them, I think I think just Matuichi. I think the rest are quite decent. What I'm just saying is like some of them, they're not they're not going to be, um, they're not going to be in Newcastle in next eight months. Let's be real. So it does depends on the players they get in January because I think. January is going to help them a lot, a lot. So yeah, what I'm just saying, as I said, that he backed, that Eddie Howe will be backed in January. Yeah, exactly. So for for now, he needs to make sure that he steadies the ship because the players he has have at his disposal they won't be as good in his kind of system that he normally plays. So so looking at it, they are, they are not a team that can score a lot of goals as is, as it is. So they must make sure that they they, they concede less so that. In case they get one or two goals, they can make sure that they get it over the line and get the points in in the bag. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think I think they need to focus more on their defense. In all honesty, but so this is like a yes or no question. Will Eddie Howe keep Newcastle in the Premier League? Will he keep them up this season? <laughs> I don't like all this kind of question. Just say this is a yes or no question, like. I can see the future. Um, I mean, surely there have to be three worst teams on Newcastle. Surely, I would say, I would say, I would say, I would say they they go down. The reason for it is Norwich wow. already have them. What? Yeah, just listen, yeah, Norwich already have them. They will go down. Watford, yeah. I I think they will go down. So now the fight will now yeah. be between Norwich, Burnley, between Norwich and Burnley. 
It's my change. Are we, next are, we, week. are we are we saying leads are safe? Are we is it not the same leads we've been watching? Um this is this is like the manager bias when I just look at his leads and say, Oh, they have Bielsa, they'll be fine. But I think they'll be fine. No, no, they They have the talent. They have the players. So I think they'll be fine. But the thing is, the other teams around it, like, you know, relegation fight is not, it's not about... Uh, I'm not so confident. But... but what I'm just saying, you know, relegation fight, you need to look at the teams. Like, who are the teams I'm better, am I better than? Like, so looking at it, who is Newcastle better than in those other teams? Newcastle is not better than Leeds. Newcastle is not better than Brentford. And looking I mean, at but the way Leeds are playing this season, yeah, the way Leeds are playing this season, are they much better than Newcastle? So now let's say the relegation, the relegation battle. Now you need thirty-five points to escape. Are you telling me in, in the many twenty-seven games Leeds can't get thirty-five points? If Bamford doesn't return back, doesn't return soon, then they cannot get thirty-five points. They need Bamford. I agree, they need Bamford, but with or without Bamford. They already leads already have eleven points in their belt. I mean, is it, so, is it, is it is, so all the last solo goals scoring that will save them. He can't continue scoring solo goals week on week. Yes, yes, but what I'm just saying is they already have eleven points right now. Leads. They just need like let's say 24, 25 points, and they will be safe. So looking at it, there there are so many games to play for, and I think they can get it. So I think he leads might not be in that relegation fight coming towards the back end of the season. So it might be mm. between Burnley and, and and Newcastle. And the reason why I, I gave Burnley the, the edge, yeah. the reason why I just gave Burnley the edge is because they've been there before and they've done it. Yeah, we trust Sean Dyche. Um, so I was going to ask you about Daniel Farker, but there's no, no need because we had Norwich down right from day one and they proved us, they proved us right so far. And Daniel Fioca, I, I think, should have been sacked sooner. The only thing that was odd was the timing. They sacked him after his first win of the season. So you thought that the win would galvanize the team, but no, they were like, no, no, no. Well, off you go. You've given us a win, but get out. So are we saying Norwich are down irrespective of who they hire? Because we're hearing they want to, they, are, they want to hire between Lampard or Dean Smith. So who would be better for the job? I think it would be Dean Smith, personally. And... Irrespective, are they going down? Um, I think they've left it. I won't say too late because when you look at it, like there are still a lot of games to play for. But the reason why I'm saying it's too late because this thing, this thing is morale. It affects the psyche of players. Like they've they've been there losing, losing, losing so many games. So I'm afraid they they need a change in mentality. Honestly, they just need a change in mentality. And I think the best person, like you said, is Dean Smith. If Lampard goes there, they might even relegate faster than we expect. So <laughs> that's just what I said. Uh, you know the you know the thing, the strange thing. I was shocked when I saw that because first of all, what has Lampard done in his coaching career? That's one absolutely nothing. People will tell you that uh, he did a wonderful job in Chelsea first season. I'm like, where's the wonderful job? He did a good job, fine, but he didn't do a wonderful job because. Chelsea was, and they are, they are giving me this crap of uh, Chelsea had a transfer ban, so they were not expected to make top four. Really? They were not expected? So who was expected then? I mean, you had Tottenham who were not spending money. We had Arsenal still in shambles. We had Leicester who we didn't really know if they were ready to make that leap again to challenge at the top. So you had the Manchester clubs and Liverpool. And then you had Chelsea. So I don't get why people say Lampard did a great job getting to top four. How many points did they get that season? I think they got 60-something points. That's not a great return. So Lampard did an okay job in Chelsea. Lampard has no, has no experience of relegation dogfights. Lampard is just like an Eddie Howe where his teams play good forward and terrible at the back. So Lampard in Norwich is just a marriage made in hell because... Trust me, they will go down, like you said, very fast. Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, I disagree slightly. I think Lampard tried in his first season, considering what he had to what work did he, with. Hey, hey, what um, did he try? What, now, now uh, this, is, this is where I get... If, like, Chelsea fans, a lot of Chelsea fans give me that nonsense of uh, Lampard was a good coach. To me, I put Lampard and Ole in the same category. What did he try? Chelsea lost Hazard, right? Chelsea lost, not just Hazard. They lost Hazard, who is their key player. And when you look at the squad they had, that squad is not good enough. Let's be real. They lost, no, no. 
Let, let's not let's let's wait first. Let's not talk about the score. They lost just hazard. Am I right? Okay, yes, yeah, they lost hazard. Okay. They had cover the previous season. They turned his loan deal to a permanent deal, so there was no difference there. They added Pulisic. Okay. They added Pulisic. They lost hazard and added Pulisic. And they didn't, they didn't, they didn't add police pull okay, yeah, yeah, they added police. Police yeah, they, January added they, they bought yeah, they bought him in January, they agreed to buy him in January and he came yes, in the yeah. summer. So they added police. So it was basically police for hazard. That was one. Then you now still added talented youngsters like with James Mason Mount. Um who, who, who promoted else? those youngsters? It was still Lampard. So Yeah, no, no, the, it was Lampard. No, it was no, Lampard. Just it saying, wasn't was it? Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Yeah, he's the one he's that decided. Like, like, see, like, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Chill first. The the only thing I would say is people say like he did well with the youngsters. Who told him to use youngsters? No one forced him to use youngsters. Youngsters are going to make mistakes because they are inexperienced, and that's the excuse that Chelsea fans are giving him, or they gave him then was that he used young players and so. They were always going to make mistakes. So, why did you need to use those young players? You already had experienced players, like, and you chose to let William go. You chose to let Pedro go. So you cannot just turn around and tell me that, oh, because I'm using young players, you chose to use young players. No, no, just, just help me out. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with your thought process, but what I'm just saying is, like, to me, to me, like Lampard can still be a good manager. He can still end up becoming a successful manager. I just think um, it's Chelsea. Um, him being sacked at Chelsea doesn't even mean anything in my eyes because at the end of the day, Chelsea is very ruthless when it comes to manage, manage yeah, um, appointing managers. But, but, but what I'm just saying, just hear me out. Just hear me out. What I'm just saying is, what I'm just saying is, at the end of the day, with what Lampard had to do, he had to let's be real. He had to move out those old players. They were not giving. We saw it on that salary. Those old, old, older generations, they were not playing well. They were not giving their all. They had to move them and refresh the side. And doing that, he was, he was limited in terms of resources. He didn't have the option to sign players and he had to promote players. So now he did, to me, that first season, he did the best he could do with okay, the squad. Okay, so I'm going, I'm going to so use an analogy that, season, that love using, yeah? No, let me just learn. The second season is, now he had resources, he had everything. And he couldn't get them. He couldn't. There was no clear direction to where to where they were heading. He was crying about the Clarice throughout the summer. So at the end of the day, I think he deserved to be sacked because he Chelsea actually backed him and they gave him everything that he needed just by didn't giving the Clarice. So, so in town of blind men, the one-eyed man will be king, right? Of course, of course. And this is something you you like saying a lot. So Chelsea got into top four. They did not play well that season. Trust me. I watched the Premier League, and I felt I felt towards the end of the season, I felt United, Leicester, and Chelsea were all walking backwards towards the finish line. So nobody was running towards the finish line. No one was really serious. They were all cut walking backwards, and it just so happened that. Man United and Chelsea stumbled over the line. But it could easily have been United and Leicester and Chelsea could have missed out. It could easily have been Leicester and Chelsea and United would have missed out. So, no one should tell me Lampard did well. Leicester did terribly. That's why Chelsea snuck into that top four. So, I'm not giving Lampard any credit for that. We're talking about... Uh, well, we're well, talking about Chelsea that spent a lot of money and all of a sudden, because they didn't buy in one summer, they're not expected to make top four. Come on. No, 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 no. What I'm Get saying is you have to put... No, listen, listen. See, uh, it's the same thing I keep saying about Kuman. You have to put things in context. You, you can't... You, you, you can't, I can just say, ah, this is Barcelona. For example, in Kuman's case, we should be winning this, we should be winning that. But you have to put things in context and in perspective so that they actually fit in your argument. So if I, if I with, what, with, what Lampard, with what Lampard had to work with, let's be real. When Sari... Sari was the previous coach before Lampard. What was Pedro playing? What was William playing? Those guys, they were underperforming. Okay, so many of the okay. players, N'Golo Kante was underperforming. So many of those guys, they were underperforming. They were not as brilliant as they used to be. What Lampard did, he came in, he had to refresh the squad, make sure that um, he's still getting results. And he did that. I'm not saying, ah, he so, played mind-blowing football. So just, I'm, not just, saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he played mind-blowing football. 
all I'm just saying is, all, all I'm just saying is, with what Lampard had to work with with that first season, he did well. Then, when you now fast forward to the second season, he lost to Arsenal in the FA Cup for Arsenal. Yes, we're Chelsea, we're Chelsea meant to be in the FA Cup final in the first place. What? Wait, was Chelsea meant to be in the FA Cup final in the first place? Let's be real now. Um, okay. I think who did they okay. have on their own? They had Leicester in the quarter final, they had United in the semi final. Obviously, Ole is as bad as Lampard, so no, it's not. Let's not let's not do that now. You see, you see, this is what you're doing. Eh? You're doing because um Chelsea they are an elite club, so this, this, this. What I'm just telling you at the end of the day, when you put this into context, if Chelsea had not made that FA Cup final, no one will say anything, no one will bat an eye because Chelsea they were not good that season. That's what I'm saying. With what Lampard had to work with that season, the, it was the, with what he achieved towards the back end. That's why he still stayed at the job for one more year, and that's why uh, why Chelsea allowed him to stay for one more year. And now, the only, yeah, it's the only the only additions he really made to the team were Tammy Abraham was a starter, Messi Mount was a starter. Rich James was not really a starter under Lampard. Like every week, week on week, week on week, it was Tammy and Mount. So you have a team that finished top four the previous season or the day, or at least they won the Europa League the previous season, and then you lose one man, Hazard, and then you bring two or three young players. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe that this same team, just because they lost one man, and now all of a sudden going to drop from fourth that they finished or around fourth to all of a sudden now they are not even expected. Because the way the way Chelsea fans were we were talking about Lampard, it was like he was one great coach. Like, the team was not expected to achieve anything. Oh, that's what they say. So, Lampard performed the miracle. Lampard did it. Like I said, Lampard did a good job. But Lampard did not show anything to make me say he's a good coach. Because I saw the way the team played, the way they were leaking goals. And a good coach, if you, if you, let's say your team leaks goals in your first year, what you do, you have the off-season or the preseason after a season ends before the next season, you work on it in preseason. You work on it, and we saw in the in the friendlies they were still conceding goals. People were saying, "Okay, it's just friendly, it's just friendly." Now they are buying Thiago Silva. We are signing Thiago Silva for free. The defense will improve. It did not improve, and that shows he was not a good coach then. Now I'm not saying Lampard throughout his coaching career cannot get better. He can get better, but so far, Chelsea Derby, he has not shown he's a good coach. What you're saying is you are arguing two different things. I just realized this. What I'm just saying at the end of the day, when you put things into context, well, Lampard was able to do that season. He tried. He did. He did well. But his second season was in different case entirely. That's why at the end of the day he got sacked. That was. That's just. That's just what I want. I want, I want Chelsea fans to come at me because I really don't care. Lampard is not a good coach, and I'm going to say it any time, any day. See, he proves. See, he proves me otherwise. Lampard is not a good. Coach, if not, which one to go down? They should hire Lampard. That's all I'm going to say. And yeah, another, another coach we've seen lose his job this season. Um, Cisco Munoz, Watford, Vanieri's experience, but we still think they are going to go down. So, not too much to be said yet. Um, the, the reason for it is because of their squad. Let's be real, like, their squad is not good enough. They have, um, Danny Rose making mistakes week in, week out. They, are, they have, um, they have so many, even, even um, their midfield is not as solid. Like, they, they can, they, they can, they can, all of a sudden, their best defender, choose Ekong. Yeah, can you imagine? So, like, let's be real, like, the squad is not good enough. So, I just think if um, Ranieri ends up keeping them in the Premier League, that would be one of the, one of the greatest escapes we've seen in a long time. Um, lastly, we've seen Conte replace Nuno Espirito Santo, who, to be fair to him, was like seventh or eighth choice for the job in the first place. Um, are you surprised though that they pulled the trigger on him that quickly? No, I'm not surprised. Like it was, it was coming because there was no direction. That's the same thing people don't understand. I keep saying it's not about the results. Like when you sack a manager, some some clubs will tell you result, but when you sack a manager, truthfully. Mostly, it's not. It's not about the results. It's about when you look at the players playing and seeing most of them being on the decline. Seeing them in the pitch, they have no direction. They have no. They have no structure. 
that means there's no there's nowhere to go there's no room for success under this manager so uh, unless you turn things around so looking at it there was no direction the united game i told you the united game against tottenham the two teams were bad just that one one was worse that's just how it was so yeah that so at the end of the day um they looked at it they saw the performance and they decided decided he had to go and and I think it's a good call. Right now, I think Spurs, for the first time, they can actually feel like they can win something because they have a serial winner on their side. Um, they had a serial winner last season. We saw how that turned out for them. Um, so I'm going to think on one thing now. Harry Kane this week, just I think it was even just yesterday, he talked about the fact that he was he has admitted that he was affected psychologically for the field by the field move to Man City. And he came to defend his brother, who is his agent. And you know, a lot of people have said that he has an incompetent agent. And so he came out to defend his brother. And so, yeah. But the important thing is not the agent. No, it's not his brother. The important thing is he has admitted that his head was not in the right place. Or maybe still isn't even in the right place. How important it was to Tottenham last season. How how important it has been over the years. So, how many managers would have been able to get Kane out of that headspace? I think it's Kane that cost Nuno his job because if Kane was Kane, at least Kane would have been dragging Tottenham to wins. Well, I'm not saying it's Kane because, like, for like, for example, I'm, I can say it's Kane. I can say it's not Kane, but I just think Nuno could have benched Kane because they were playing better In, before Kane. You're, you're going to incur the vote of Daniel Levy and the Tottenham fans. So uh, he, he, at the end of the day, you need to. This is this is something that I know that I will expect from someone like Antonio Conte. If Kings don't perform, there's no way Antonio Conte plays him. That's just the truth. So I just think at the end of the day, um, Nuno could have been braver. I think so, yeah, that's So Nuno could have been braver in terms of standing his ground, knowing what he wants, bench who he, he's supposed to bench to get the best out of the team. And if you think King cost him his job, um, I have to agree with you as well. So now, out of these five clubs that have changed, we have four new managers, now which year to hire a new head coach. Um, which of them do you think will have the best rewards for pulling the trigger? Like, which of them are the most likely or, like, which of these clubs is the most likely to hit their target? Is it Aston Villa finishing in Europe, Tottenham finishing Champions League, Norwich surviving? What's the most likely now? Uh... <laughs> three difficult options. I think the Tottenham one is more realistic. Top four for Tottenham or top six? Um, they can make they can make whichever one. They are they are they are currently four points away from top four, so it's not it's not a stretch. They can still do it. Four points. Uh? I'm not not exactly four points. Um, they are like four points yeah, behind uh, us now. I'm Arsenal okay. fifth. I'm Arsenal two points away from the top four position, so okay. they can still do it. Um, I think the most likely to succeed is Gerard because Gerard really doesn't have anything to achieve. Gerard is just supposed to make the team play well, score goals, and finish tenth. I think that's the easiest job. Like Gerard has to be a really terrible manager to mess this as Villa job up. Of which I don't think he is. I think he's a much better coach than Lampard and Ole. And so that's a win for Liverpool fans to say that their legend is better than the legend of the other two two clubs. So I think I think Conte Conte himself has said that he has a lot of work to do. Like he has seen it that against Everton they were not good. Against Vitesse, they were good for an hour and then they peeled off to what we've seen this season. So I think Conte has a big job. I think the new manager at Norwich has an impossible job. There's nobody on earth that is going to keep Norwich up this season. Nobody on earth. Um, I think, I think Watford are also doomed to fail. So I think Gerard has the easiest job in the sense that the expectations are not too much. They just want to see their club play better. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But before we move on. Let me ask you, what do you make of the Brennan Rodgers to Manchester United shout? I think that shows that United are not serious. If they hire Rodgers, they are not serious. That means they are still looking at top four. Because what has Rodgers won? Yes, he won the Scottish League with Celtic. But, I mean, they won it nine years in a row. So, 
other managers were winning it as well with Celtic. That's not a big achievement. He had the chance to make top four two years in a row. Like you, you yourself on this episode, you you mentioned Bottled, you mentioned Rogers Bottled it. So United, I mean, there's only one man for me. If I if I were the Glazers or Edward, that's Eric Ten Hag. I mean, I'm such a big fan of. I'm even going to go as far as saying Eric Ten Hag is top five coaches in the world right now. Eric Ten Hag is a top five. I don't care who you have to drop out of your verbal list, but Eric Ten Hag is top five. And as a club that wants to win trophies going forward and wants a good style of football, you cannot look past that man. So, if it, if it means sticking with social until late in the season, when maybe Ajax are now out of the Champions League, then Eric Ten Hag will be ready to leave. Then maybe you wait that long. I think it's better to wait till like March or April before you sack Ole and bring Ten Hag than to sack Ole December and bring Rodgers. Um, well, no problem, though, but I just think Ten Hag would be a good fit for United because, yes, United have good players, but United don't have the profile of the kind of players that, that you need to run a kind of system that Ten Hag runs. And I think Ten Hag would be more suited to, to a club like Manchester really? City. Are we sure about that? Okay, let's yeah, just, sure, just for, sure a, for a few minutes here. Yeah? For a few minutes. Let me let let's let's just do this. Put Guardiola in that because we're talking about good football, yeah. Ten Hag was in charge of the Bayern Munich B team when Pep Guardiola was the in charge of the first team. So they were both at Bayern, so they obviously have similar ideas about football. We we'll see how their teams play now, Ajax and City. So put Guardiola in, mind you. Pogba plays good football, at least used to play good football at UV. Um, Bruno is capable of playing good football. Sancho is capable of playing fast, free-flowing football. Ronaldo uh, is just Ronaldo. He's just there to finish. Um, I think Rashford is good enough to adapt, though he has never played attacking football because of the managers he has had, which is not his fault. But I think he can play attacking football. I think Luxor is an attacking fullback. I think Maguire is decent on the ball, although he's he's not good defensively, but on the ball he's good enough to play from the back. Um Wambisaka is not good enough for attacking football. Lindelof is not good enough. So out of that team, you already have like six, seven players that are good enough. So it's not like you need to change the entire team. No, no, you're not getting me. Listen now. When Guardiola came into Manchester City, he had to get rid of so many players because they don't fit his philosophy. It's the same to when you look at Manchester City, the way they play now. For example, you have players playing in force nine, um, midfielders playing as wingers, fullbacks doing different kind of stuff. I'll give you an example. Do you, where do you, do you think, um, do you think um, someone like um, do you, Manchester United, someone like Fred, can you do the kind of job Fernandinho or Rodri is doing for City? No, none of yes. them. They don't have, they don't have that kind of player. Yes. No, let's 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 not cap. Let's not cap. No, you know, you know why you know why I said yes. I'll give you two okay. reasons. Okay. I'll give you two reasons. Fred in Shakhtar Donetsk is a million times better than the Fred we are seeing now. Fred in Shakhtar Donetsk was making runs with the ball like a box to box player who could actually like you know what what um this guy does in Chelsea now without anything. You're not listening to me. That that Fred you're talking about can't play. I'll give you an example. I don't know whether you saw it. Uh, Guardiola, yeah. And second reason, second reason, Guardiola himself wanted to buy him to City. So if Guardiola wanted to buy him, it means that he saw him fitting into his style of play. Just, just, just listen. Uh, let's be real. When you look at the system those people play, it's not. It's it's there. There there's a lot of technicality that goes into it. It's not. Are you the fittest? Are you the strongest? Are you the there's a lot of technicality and IQ that goes into it. It's not just by yo because you can run, you can do this. No. There are a lot of technicalities so that if you're out of position, you know what to do, when to do it, and how to move the ball. Everything is everything is tied around how to move the ball. Fred can't move the ball. You, um, I'll give you an example. It's just like when um, this week, this week, um, there was a video that came out when Busquets was training. In he was in the middle, and um, they were trying to close him down. I think the video came out two, two days ago, and people were saying, "Oh, so Busquets did this," but people don't understand that is how Busquets has been. Busquets knows where every player is on the pitch. It's just that these days his legs are his legs have gone. 
That's why. But what I'm saying is, when you look at Busquets, Busquets is not the quickest. Even back in the day, he was not the quickest. It's just because of his IQ and his technicality on the ball, and he could actually beat press. Because when you play the kind of system that he play, you must make sure you are able to beat 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 press as a player, not press as a team, press as a player. So, for example, I think you've seen this time and time again when there are players surrounding Busquets. Busquets is still able to come out with the ball because he can beat a player, he can beat a press. So those are the kind of things that those are the nuances that come into the um, the Guardiola or um, what is, um, what is it called the style of play. It's the same thing about Klopp. Not every player will fit his style of play because you need a lot of running in this kind of system. So systems makes the fight. So if you bring a Guardiola into this team, I'm telling you there are some at least at, at five of these players that we see starting won't be starting for them. Um, I think well, you were too harsh on Fred. I think Fred, you see, the thing is, when you work with a terrible coach, over time, you yourself can become bad. And when you play alongside average players, you yourself can look average. Look at Pogba in United and France, two completely different human beings, the same player, but two completely different people. It's the same thing with Fred. Good coach at Shakhtar, good at least good team for their league. I'm not saying Shakhtar are better in United, but like Shakhtar in their league were dominant. United in the Premier League are not dominant. So, it's a different mentality. He went on to the, the pitch with confidence each time. was doing well, beating players, complete, completing dribbles and passes and everything. Went to United and he can't seem to put a foot right. And also, his teammates can't seem to put a foot right. So, no one is is getting anyone ginger like yo and you guys this is the standard you guys come and meet me here the only person that has done that in united over the last three years is bruno that's tried to set a standard so obviously fred was going to slump with the rest of the squad because the rest of the squad is not good enough i think the same fred as much as we bash him in a decent team won't look this bad it won't look this bad but what, what we're arguing about is in the system the um, those managers play and those managers, they play a system where it's not just you are not the one running. You are, the ball is the one moving. Players, player like Guardiola said, um, we are not moving. The ball comes to us because we know how to move the ball. So, like at the end of the day, it's just it, it's it's a matter of IQ and all and 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 technicality ah, that goes into oh, playing a Guardiola oh, system. Ah, no, that's it's not, it's not what I'm saying. Like it's not what I I'm guess. saying. It's just like. It's just like let me let me give you an example. Let me let me let me give you a perfect example. You see, um, some players like in this Liverpool team, in this Liverpool team now that we see, they will never make Man City's team. It's not that they are bad, but it's just because of the system Man City plays. You understand? They won't yep. make they won't make Man City's team. It's not because they are a terrible player. It's just because of the system they play. So each manager has have different kind of system, and that that and 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 that's how I see it. That's how I see it. It's just like um, Salah playing for Man City. If Salah plays for Man City, Salah will score goals, yes. But Salah won't be as effective as he used to be in Liverpool because when it comes to Liverpool, Liverpool, they transition quickly. But with City, City, they sit down patiently to try and break you down. And Salah, Salah's game is not like... He's, he's just there to see... Salah's game, mostly, is very effective in transition. In transition. So you get... So like... Some players won't be as effective as they used to be in different systems. So the system actually makes the fight. Um, yes, but at the end of the day, like I said, you still have players that can play good football. So I think Ten Hag will make them better. And at the end of the day, you just need but four players, a better right back than Wambisaka because I do not ever see Wambisaka being a good crosser of the ball. I don't see it ever. Um... I think the attackers are good enough. I think Bruno and Fernandez are good enough. So at the end of the day, maybe you just need four new players. I think that's the way to go because when the Rogers, yes, it plays more on the counter and he can also play like possession-based football. But what has he won? That's the problem. He hasn't won anything. So you want a manager that has won things and that plays good football. So for example, Simeone has won things. He doesn't play good football, so he's not going to fit United. Pochettino has not played won anything meaningful, but he plays good football, so he's not going to fit. But Ten Hag is the person I'm looking at that is perfect. 
He has won things, plays good football. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Okay. All right. We'll see. Um, but not just United Ten Hag will be perfect for any club. I think if Javi feels at Barcelona, not that I'm wishing him bad, but if he feels, then they should go for Ten Hag. Um, same thing. If Nagusman feels at Bayern, they should go for Ten Hag. So let's go to Barcelona now. Javi, the new sheriff in town. But I'm I'm here thinking, is this a football club or is he? Are we going back to the Old Testament with the Ten Commandments? Because Javi has Ten Commandments, ladies and gentlemen. Can you can you read? Are you are you okay reading it out for us, Leonard, or should I do the honors? Um, you can read it out. I would I would um break them down. Number one. No, 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 I want to, I want to, oh, God. There are some things on this list that are ridiculous to me, so I'm still going to talk about them too. Number one, players must arrive an hour and a half early for training. I think this makes sense. Okay. Um, no, you don't want to say anything about it? No, just call, call out all of them. I would, I would talk on each of them one by one. Really, you have that good a memory that you have mentioned 10 things and you remember the 10 yes, of them. Yes, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Whichever one I don't of mention. Because you have part of your screen too. Don't pretend like you're smart, please. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. I'll, I wonder if you're, if you're in my screen seeing, seeing what I'm seeing. But no problem. Carry on. Staff number two. Staff must arrive two hours early for training. Three players must eat lunch at the training ground. Ridiculous. Four fines are back. Five fines get worse for repeat offenders. Like for the same offenses. Number six. Arrive home before midnight when a game is less than 48 hours away. Seven. Train well to be in the team. Oh, you don't mean it. Eight. Control over non-football commitments or risk. Supervision from a member of the coaching staff. Nine, no more high-risk activities. Ten, portray a positive image of the club at all times. Okay, very good. So the first one, um, this, 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 um, I remember watching. Um, yeah, let me let me start like this. I remember watching ESPN, um, on YouTube, and there's this guy's TV. Yeah, they were trying to explain the rules. Is that Steven Nico? Uh, yeah, the, I, I think he's Scottish. Yeah, so yeah, they try. They're, they're, they're trying to explain the rules for him. It was being ridiculous, and I've seen that in so many people that don't understand the way um, football actually works and the way dressing room works. You see this? You're room, talking about the Liverpool legend here, so he knows how the dressing room works. Thank you very much. No problem. No problem. So, but you see these rules? Yeah, it's very simple. Each clubs have all these things. It's just that they don't. Um, is not coming out the way Barcelona's one is coming out. The reason why uh, people are making uh, this one came out is just because Xavi, um, uh, um, like Xavi is like a premium content. He's being monitored, and any anything he does, anything he does is coming think- like is coming out. So let me learn. Let me learn. So um, so the first rule he said, players must arrive one um um. One hour thirty minutes before the training section starts, which is very good. Like I remember, I said this to you weeks ago. Aguero came to the training ground. The training ground lights were off. He came one hour before. The training ground lights were off, and he, uh, not in the facility. Everything was still shut. So, like a club that is serious about what they were trying to do, because I've said this before, is the way you train. And the way you um um the way you organize things, that's the, the same reflection you see on the pitch. So a club like Bayern, you see them being effective of, on the pitch is because of the way they train. So looking at the second rule, the second rule still states that um what is it called? The staff too must arrive two hours before, which is a good thing because the staff has to lead by example. The third one, players must um must eat at the training ground. This is not rocket science for anybody to understand. Um, other clubs they control the nutrition of players because nutrition is half of the job when it comes to players' fitness and injuries. Because if you don't get the nutrition aspect right, the players won't be as fit as their opponents. 
That's why you, you most likely you see after 60 minutes, Barcelona players are tired. It's because of the way they eat, their diet, their nutrition, and the way they are also trained. So those two, those two things come hand in hand. So they have to monitor what players take so that they can cut down with the injuries, crisis, and um, players' um, players' fitness. Then okay. we'll move over but to the next ones. Fines. Before you go to the fans, yeah? You see this, you see the first two rules, perfect. They should come early to trading. I have no problem with that. That makes 100% sense. You see this third one of players must eat lunch at the training ground. It's complete nonsense. And I'll tell you why. You said, um, wait, should I even start from the beginning of when you said that this list came out just because it's Javian, because it's box office? I think Barcelona wanted it to come out. Because, trust me, there's no one that is going to... There's nobody in the press that is going to be in Barcelona's board meetings. So, it's, what usually happens is... Um, you have this meeting. Xavi has this meeting with, with the players and, and staff and whatever. And then the club told... They have someone... So, usually what happens is... You have someone that a club hires to go and give stories to newspapers. So, that's why you have in the Premier League... A lot of tabloids the last one week have been saying Ole is going to keep his job, Ole is going to keep his job. United themselves did not come out to say it. But United told someone in like a United um staff to go and meet the Daily Mail, to go and meet um the different tabloids in England. So they, that's why you see that they have the same story. Ole is going to keep his job, Ole is going to keep his job. So Barcelona themselves wanted these 10 commandments to come out. That was the first part. Why they wanted it to come out, I don't know. Because me looking at it, it's not. I'm not going to go, wow, oh, Xavi is doing a great job. No. There are meant to be rules in place at every club. So I don't know why you need to bring it out to the press that's, or the public. That's one. I don't think this list should have even come out at all. That's the first part. Now, for this third one, for this third um, rule, if you have, and I listened to Steven Nico, uh, um, Steven Nico, where he talked about that the the law too, and I agreed with what he said. Now you you can have a case of let's say someone is engaged, one player, or let's not even say engaged. Let's say he's married, or he has a girlfriend, or he's, he doesn't even have a girlfriend. He has friends that okay, his friends don't live in Spain, but his friends came to Barcelona to visit. So let's say, um. Memphis Depay has his friends coming to visit him in Barcelona for a week. And so, obviously, you're going to make plans with your friends. You want to eat lunch with your friends. You want to... So, I don't see the... Like, obviously, the, the reason why I think the come early for training is important because it makes it more like a friendly environment. Before, it was more like they were robots. Like, so, your main training is meant to start by 8 a.m. So, make sure you're there by 7.55 so that 8 a.m. you just train and leave. So there was no atmosphere. There's no time for the players to banter each other. Like, you can just come to him. I'm like, hey, Leonard, uh, you're awake already. Uh, see this lazy guy. So you can come train early like this. We laugh, we laugh, we laugh. We have, we have a fun time before we train. So it builds team chemistry. That coming early. Like, I think it's just the team chemistry. Because if training starts by 8 and you're there by 8, I don't think that makes you serious. I mean, if training starts by 8 to 10, Training, let's say training is eight to ten, and you you're there by eight, and you train by you train to ten. I think you have done your your job. But why they want it to be? Why they want them to come early is for team chemistry. That's the way I see it. So the players can banter each other before training. Now the reason that they want to do this eat lunch after training is because they still want to maintain that team chemistry stuff. Like so, the players can bond during lunch. But the thing is, you might have things to do you might have your family your wife's parents might have come to barcelona to visit and they want you to eat lunch with them because they will not be free dinner they have something they want to eat dinner somewhere else so you cannot eat dinner with them you can only eat lunch with them so all those things you can have it doesn't mean that because you don't want to eat lunch with your teammates that means it's a crime or or you don't love the team or you're not serious or something that's that should not be a law i understand the coming early on but I mean, let's be serious here. Eat lunch with your teammates. What the hell is that? Okay. And you talked about and you talked about um nutrition is important. Obviously, it's important. Now all they need to do is to tell them, like we've seen Anthony Conte has banned ketchup and mayonnaise at the 
Tottenham canteen. Now, the funny thing is, the Tottenham players can still go home and eat ketchup and mayonnaise, and Conte will not know. That's the honest truth. So, anyone who is telling me that they are looking, they want to look after the players' nutrition, nutritional habits or whatever, when they are taking lunch, all well and good. You can ban something, and let's say they ban the same thing, ketchup. They ban ketchup at Barcelona. And then, obviously, at lunch, there's no ketchup. But guess what? And Sufati can go home and take ketchup if he wants. No one is there. So you just I think what you just need to do is tell players the food, the foods you're going to ban. You don't have to babysit them and say, okay, we're going to look at you people and there'll be no ketchup here. That that doesn't make any sense. You see, you see, at the end of the day, this is a very weak argument. That's why I said when I when I was watching the SPN and I was laughing. Because this argument is very weak. Number one, all every top club in Europe does this. Like, you can go and browse and check it. Bayern, they put their, their, their team, um, what is it called, their players, yeah, on specific diets. They know the muscle group to target. They know the nutrition you need to take so that you can hit those muscle groups. So they know it, every... Wait, let me learn. Let me learn. Let me learn. Let me learn. Wait, let me learn. Let me learn. They know all these things. And all, wait, let me learn. Let me learn. And all these things, where does it happen? Their training facilities. The same thing with Liverpool really, players. They don't, they don't eat in their homes. Are you, are you serious? I'm not saying... Wait, let me land. Let me land. Let's not, let's not make this argument so weak. The same thing with Liverpool players. The same thing with Manchester City players. I, I know about this one very, very well. Especially Liverpool and Man City, Manchester City. It's the same thing. They, 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 they know what their players should be taking. They know the nutrition they give their players so that when match day comes, they know the performance to expect from their players. It's, they would not say you should not eat at home. It doesn't make any sense. But they want you to be eating at the training ground so that they can monitor the things you take in so that then they can That's be able to That's why I'm saying it doesn't make sense because you can still wait, let me, out the wait, let me land, let me land. at home. Let me land. Let me land. You can eat, you can eat whatever you want to eat. No one, is, no one is stopping you. Like what you're saying, oh, no one is seeing fatty. No one will no one will see fatty eat what he wants to eat at home. Exactly. That's, so why so, exactly. so why so that, why? that is not a problem? That's not a problem. So now when you when we bring when we now bring that into the context of what Xavi is saying is when we are trying to cut down the injury crisis Barcelona is having, we're trying to cut down the fitness issues Barcelona is having. This is the first step towards it. That's that's the that's that's the um how does that, you, you know, that you, know you just contradicted yourself. No, you know how? Because you said that you you yourself just a few seconds ago you just said that these players are going to they are going to monitor what they eat at the training facility there. But guess okay. what? Your lunch is just one of your meals in a day. You're meant to take breakfast, lunch, dinner. So okay. if you're monitoring them like babies and saying, "Hey, you come and sit down here and." eat this food. Guess what? Breakfast and dinner, they can eat whatever the hell they want to. Okay, so now, let me, just, let me not tell you something. Sorry, wait, okay. wait, wait. Why, why okay. not just trust them as adults, because they are adults? Even, even as a party that is 18, is not a baby. So why not just trust them as adults and say, yo, guys, we're going to ban this, 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 this. We don't want you eating it. If you eat it, we'll know because it will, it will show in your level of fitness. So, we, we even trust you that you're not going to eat it. Thank you, everyone. Training is over. You can go home. So why do you have to monitor what they do in the afternoon and you're not going to be with them morning and night? What sense Very good, happen? very good. That's, that's, that's what I want to even point out. So, so now, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Liverpool players, uh, there's like, there's this stuff that they take um, in terms that helps their fitness and... He, um, let's let, let us call let us call it about what is it called um, vitamins that they take and all the, all those other stuff that comes with it. So now, you as a manager saying, ah, you want your players to be taking this thing in the afternoon in the training complex. You don't care what they do in the morning. You don't care what they're taking their body at night. No problem. But you want them to taking this in the afternoon. You have your reasons. Let's see. Do you know why this thing is this thing is making headlines? It's because he's shabby. It's because he's shabby. If it was Pep Guardiola doing all this thing, no one would say bat an eye because oh, he has the credentials to back it up. This is the same thing. And what is funny to me is 
people don't people don't actually understand that so many clubs they do this thing football has been as advanced so much that they even to the, your diet they need to monitor it because everything counts Every, everything counts in terms of injuries. We see Barcelona, we, me and you, we come on this podcast, we talk about Barcelona having injury crisis. It's down to the way they eat. It's down to their diet. It's down to the way they sleep. That's half okay. of the game. Okay. And you training on the training grounds oh. or the other half as well. So, oh. Xavi implementing all these rules. What you guys want is there should be blurry areas. But you guys forget that these are professional footballers. And for you to be an athlete, you need to follow a structural diet so that you can get the best performance from your own body. That's the way it is. Okay. So so basically you've still not made any me made any sense to me as far as I'm concerned to why they have to eat take whatever vitamin it is, whatever the, um, lunch it is, whatever meal it is, why they need to take it at the training ground. You've still not told me why. You said what, what, what is <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I, I give you the reasons why they should take Liverpool it to fans, the I'm sorry, he has taken vitamin. Okay. But we're not being told Barcelona fans, Barcelona players are going to take a similar... Oh, they should come and tell you. All we're being told is lunch, right? They didn't even say lunch. They didn't even say lunch. They didn't say lunch. Look at what they said. Players must eat at the training ground. They didn't say lunch. Whether okay, the training so, can so be in the breakfast, morning. So, okay. breakfast and lunch, yeah? Okay. Breakfast and lunch. No, I think okay. breakfast is a given. As far as, let's say, they wake up. Sometimes training can be before 6.30. You have to train. So, you might not really have time to eat at your house. So, usually, the players will take breakfast there. And that's, that's where the banter and everything comes before training starts. So, usually, players take breakfast at their clubs. Usually. Okay. Uh-huh, except, okay. the, except the player is late, then you just rush in for training and you now pay fine for missing breakfast. But lunch is not really compulsory because players have different plans after all. So lunch has never been something that I've read anywhere that is compulsory for players that they must eat it at the That's training. That's what I'm saying. They never said lunch. You're the one reading. They said players must eat at the training grounds. They didn't say lunch. They didn't say breakfast. They didn't say dinner. It's very, very simple. It's stated there. Train, train, players must eat at the training ground. And what I'm saying to you, if you understand how how training works is what you put in your body before you train, that's what really, really matters. So what you put okay. in your body before you train, okay, that's so what I think we're just, that's we're what just, your just training going more the effective. Circles, yeah? we're, just, we're just going around the circle. So I agree. Let's just say I agree with you that they should be taking lunch. Yeah? So thank you. Um, I think we agree that yes, number four, they should find players who flout some some of these rules. Yes, they should find them. And number five, they should find them double. I think it's double for like let's say you miss you miss training or you come late for training. So every offense has a particular fine. So you do the same offense twice, then the fine increases. That that makes sense to you, doesn't it? It makes sense to me. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, arrive home midnight. Yeah, so basically, stay at home twenty for two whole days before a match. So if you're meant to play Friday, um, Saturday, three p.m., you should have been in your house since Thursday, three p.m. Don't go anywhere. Um, I'm okay with that. That's fair. Is that fair to you? That that's not what they are even saying. You see, this is what I'm saying. You people just come and read what you want to read. What they are saying to you, you must be at home before midnight. Two days, um, you must make make sure you get home before midnight. Two days because be, before the game. Do you know why? Because sleeping is still part of your training. You need to be able to get that seven to eight hours of sleep before a match okay. game, so that your body. I don't, I don't know why you. I don't know why you attacking me because i just said it makes sense to me Bro. no 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 You're, you 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 what you said you said um they must be at home like it's a lockdown and that is wrong that's not what they said in the rule so i'm highlighting what they said in the rules okay simple. okay so read, it, out, read it correctly let's not let's not let's not choose um let's not pick and choose what we read okay, okay. you can go out but when it's midnight it must be in your house right exactly. also that Before midnight, must be in your house. yeah that makes sense to me because um, everybody that's serious about their career, unless you're gifted by God Himself, 
like God anointed you like Ronaldinho before you are allowed to party and then you'll still be very good on the pitch. But for the regular footballer that is not a God amongst men, you have to train and sleep well and everything. So that makes perfect sense to me. Um, Number seven. Now, this number seven I'm seeing here, please. I, I want you because we're looking at two different lists by two different websites, but all in all, it's like different grammar, so it should still mean the same thing at the end. What I'm seeing here is number seven, train well to be in the team. Please, what's your number seven there? I, I don't have anything on my screen. I'm, I'm, I don't have anything on my screen, so I don't know why you're asking me what's my number seven. I know the so, rules. I know the rules. So tell me the, the rule that goes in line with what I just said. That's that is um, he's bringing back um, what is it called mediocrity to 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 the dressing room. That's okay. Thank you. Okay. So now, um, this this implies now am I being okay. too sinister here? Am I being too sinister to to say that he's blaming Coman for picking players based on sentiment? Is that what he's doing? That's not what he's doing. You're, this is what I'm saying. You're picking up. But, you're no, no, but no, no, I'm not. See, see, I'm not. I'm not. Ladies and gentlemen, this is 12th November 2083. And Leonard and Josh are still arguing about the Ten Commandments of Xavi Hernandez. <laughs> okay, so guys, thanks for listening. Um, stay safe. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you.